Alrighty, welcome to the Sports Gasmic Podcast. Just a little intro quickly before we get into it. Uh, just want to plug the couple of things that we've got. Um, obviously, we've got a website at sportsgasmic.com, which we have talked about before, but I figure I should actually start plugging it a little bit more to remind people that it's there. It's um, bare, pretty bare bones at the moment with just a podcast up there, but we are working on some written stuff. Uh, you know, it'll be getting up there soon and starting to put a bit more content on there. Uh, yeah, just obviously data, <laughs> most paid day-to-day journalists have all those things covered, but we're just going to be working on different things, more around fan experience things and personal experiences with travel with sports and other other things of that nature and, and whatever else we can think of as far as just our experiences with sports. Um, you know, a lot of uh, current issues going on that we've had some strong opinions on that will co- probably come up. So, uh, yeah, and then Shay with three points clear, uh, dot com as well. He's got he's starting some of his um, soccer work on there, so... Yeah, give them both a both a look, and uh, yeah, there will be more stuff coming soon. Obviously, our Facebook pages, Twitter pages, Instagram pages will uh, post things about that as well. So if you don't haven't found us on there, just look up Sportsgasmic on all of those uh, networks, and uh, yeah, we'll get into the pod. Let's go. Sportsgasmic Podcast is back. Another week. Shay on the line as per usual. We're back. Yep. And yeah, I'm Dave doing the introduction thing. It's nice not to have to say, like, it's been three months since our last podcast and we're back every yeah. time now. <laughs> yeah, this is like, what, we're four or five weeks into the regular schedule now, so it's kind of, we're getting a flow going. Um, I'm just getting used to doing it like i remember the first week i was like half asleep out here and now i'm just my body's kind of used to the schedule now which is good um, yeah doesn't mean the I'm just ready. any better but i'm yeah. i'm awake <laughs> i'm awake to be shit so yeah well in two weeks i have class off so i can definitely on a wednesday so i can definitely start the morning drinking with the pot <laughs> so okay <laughs> we'll get a little bit loose uh, yeah. on yom kippur so, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's when we should do like um, some NBA chat or something. We'll start doing some. Pre- oh yeah, just definitely. do some drunk NBA previews or something like that. There's already been some weird stuff coming out, but we'll get to that in in October yeah, next yeah. week, probably a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, it is it is coming up quick. I was thinking about it today because I've got to set up our league, which I might do tomorrow when, <laughs> I, when I wake up at one p.m. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to be coming up really quick all of a sudden. Uh, you know, yeah. We're into the week four of well, going into week four of the NFL, which is about what we're what we're about to talk about. But just preseason doesn't seem that long ago, but we're suddenly getting close to NBA and NFL's heating up. So yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the fall always goes really fast, and the summer seems to just get Dra- stagnant. Basically, yeah, yeah drag drags, on, drags its ass with you know just just baseball and and the dog days of the MLS season, which we love both those sports, but it's just without, you know, it's just, it's hot and miserable and you're, you're just no way see <laughs> watching baseball. It's just not too much fun. I, me. yeah, I don't ever want to talk about major league baseball again. So <laughs> <laughs> it is funny since like, you're wearing your Cubs hat right now, but yeah, that's more to just protect my hair. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah, maybe we'll talk about it in the playoffs. 
Yeah, well, I, I'd be fine never talking about it until uh, opening day next year. So we'll ease you. <laughs> we'll ease you into it when we do some playoff chat because you know we'd be remiss if we didn't. But uh, we'll yeah, just, we'll may, maybe we'll do that when maybe we'll make that one the drinking pod. Yeah, because if I have to talk about the goddamn Cardinals <laughs> <laughs> and the Brewers, it's not going to be good. But yeah, I think I'm a Yankees fan this uh, this October. So, oh, right, welcome aboard. I'm sure they'll break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, your teams have a habit of doing that, so maybe it's going to be bad for us, but nah, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're back to the uh, NFL. Uh, we can Speaking try. of breaking my heart, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, your, your, your Jets, as per usual? Nah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my fandom. <laughs> I can't. Well, you're texting me. I the can't other... go all in on any of these teams. Your text to me the other day was just that it was just the AFC East, the field against the Patriots, yeah. basically your team. So that's how I feel right now, and they're all terrible. I mean, Buffalo's three and zero, but that's not going to last. Let's <laughs> be real. Well, I'll talk about later that my fear of Buffalo because I'm a pessimistic sports fan, as we've mentioned plenty of times on this pod, that um, if my team is playing the best football ever, and then I see the other side of the coin could be the world falling down. I'll believe that'll happen instead. So that's just where my head's at, usually with sports, until the win, the trophies in hand, and then I still don't believe it quite. So anyway, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> you brought up something to me the other day about uh, we've got a big, big class of rookies or young quarterbacks in the league, guys that are either in their first year, second year, third year, um, and especially with the injuries that have happened recently, uh, another handful of quarterbacks that have come in. We'll talk about the um, Gardner Minshew suddenly being the most popular man <laughs> in, in the United States in a little bit. But you broached the question uh, with asking who who are we more worried about as far as their future, their pro, where their ceiling is, I guess, would be where you're going with um, and, and where their bottom might be as well with uh, Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff after... I don't know how to s- describe the match and uninspiring. Uneven. Yeah, uninspiring <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. matchup between Cleveland and uh, and LA on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, two two teams with huge hopes this season, and yeah. uh, a lot of those hopes are hopes are tied to the to the quarterback. So I mean, which fan base is more nervous about the future of their franchise? I guess would be what I pose to you. Yeah, I guess it depends which, uh, not to rag on the LA fan base because they do have some good fans, but most of them are just like, <laughs> if the football team's not going well, they just go back to the beach, whereas Cleveland, they don't have yeah. much else to go back to apart from uh, their their team. So, uh, But if we're talking about it, um, all things being equal, I I think you've seen, uh, there's certainly, we'll get to Goff, I think we've, we've seen enough from Goff to see that when things are rolling in LA, he, he can make big passes and... And he's, and he's got poise in the pocket. Uh, it gets you know, a bit shaky here and there, but that's more to sometimes when the when the play breaks down a little bit. Baker sometimes breaks the play down himself by, yes, by absolutely. Jumping, jump, getting too jumpy in the pocket, and that that's what's worried me probably for the last three weeks. Yeah, I don't know if it's... I mean, Simmons brought it up on his pod, and he, he said, I, I don't think I've seen Baker play well against a good team, a good mm-hmm. defense, and so that's pretty concerning, whereas... Goff has, you know, I think Kansas City had an okay defense last year and he put like what, 52 points on him. Um, Goff just kind of worries me a little bit um, in that he has 
maybe the best receiving core in the NFL mm-hmm. and can't find him. He, I mean, Cup saves him a lot of the time because Cup just has a ability to get open. And so it's hard to miss him when he's wide open. But some of the throws Goff was making on Sunday night, it was just like those two picks. One wasn't really his fault, but still threw it into traffic. Just wasn't pretty. But I agree with you that Baker is looking a little bit like a problem right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not not to wanting to react overreact too much because he's only into his yeah. second second season now and obviously we've talked about before like liking the guy and thinking he's got some some good honest confidence in him. Um and so maybe and this might be a branching out from Baker himself more an um a problem with Cleveland not being overall as good as and we I think you did talk about how maybe we were overreacting at the start, you know, everyone was just as soon as they made the trade for OBJ and he had Baker coming into his second year and all these things going on, everyone just really wanted to believe Cleveland, Cleveland were going to have a huge breakout year. And we didn't really probably look into them as much as we should have as far as everything else going around, the protection of Baker and all that, and whether whether or not they just they maybe need another year before they're actually at the point that we, some fan, obviously the fans uh, were hoping they'd be at right now and a lot of people around the league who were just wanting another story to talk about uh, the Cleveland Browns certainly being one of those sports stories as to whenever they actually get good and uh, yeah uh, going towards championships, that's going to be a huge sports story. So maybe we're just jumping on their dick a little bit too soon, and um, <laughs> you know, uh, and Baker. I just yeah yeah. Um, he's not getting any help from the coaching staff either. Um, just horrendous play calling, clock management, just everything from Freddie Kitchens. Um, just a draw on fourth and nine which is taking the ball out of Baker's hands, which if all the hype going into the season was your young, flashy quarterback, why are you handing it off on fourth mm-hmm. and nine on a draw play? And, I mean, Nick Chubb has actually been the saving grace of their offense so far because the play calling doesn't really affect a running back who can get what seems to be five yards every time he carries the ball. But there's just too many like long routes that don't really make any sense. So Baker kind of scrambles into heat. I don't. Mm. I don't know. It's just it. It's not inspiring football, like you said. Yeah, and maybe that's yeah. There is there already some heat coming onto Freddie Kitchens because the consensus seems to be that he may not actually know how to coach football, which is always a worry. <laughs> it's always yeah. a worry at the pro level. Um, yeah, I think that's a uh, pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. Whereas we look, we look at um, LA and we've seen Sean McVay over the last couple of years prove that um, even though you know he got out coaching the Super Bowl and he's certainly got some growing to do, he's he's only what thirty four, thirty five now maybe. Thirty four, I think. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's uh you know he could still be playing football if he wanted to technically. So um, yeah, you know he's a young and um, really innovative coach, got a great great mind, and has shown already he coached the team to the Super Bowl last year. Um, so and with yeah. Yeah. With that, it's Jared Goff, too, making bad decisions in, inside of his offense. You know, they mm-hmm. had a third and one. They ran. They had a second and one. They ran on second and one. It got stopped. So they decided to do a bootleg where Goff had two open receivers and could have ran it himself for a yard. Instead, tried to force it into this window. And there was this moment on Sunday night, um, on the Sunday night broadcast, where he's just walking over to McVay and McVay's lighting into him yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing it's like so 
a lot of people are kind of there's some backlash to McVay and people saying that he's been figured out a little bit, but it's like, well, his quarterback's just not playing that well right now. I think I think the Rams could have put the Browns away a couple times if you know Goff doesn't throw that pick and doesn't miss a few open guys. Yeah, well, that's the thing with um, coaching and coaching and quarterbacks have to be really in, in sync with each other as to what they're doing. You know, um, you know, always bringing it back to the Patriots with the Brady and Belichick is the perfect example of you know them just there's always they're always on the same page usually and just the the play backs up the coaching you know saying that has been figured out a little bit you know Belichick's been doing the same thing for 20 years he's just been doing it well with guys that are executing it well if he had maybe if he had the a different team and didn't have the quarterback it wouldn't be as good um mm. I, feel, I feel like someone out there's yelling at me system system um <laughs> but it might be my inner conscience yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that yeah, going back to the Rams, that it, it is just what it is. It, um, if if golf executes better than they they, as you said, they win comfortably, um, they, and the game isn't still technically in the balance right down to the last minute. So, and the same could be said for Cleveland as well. If they had a coach in there that was just not losing his mind um, on fourth, you know, fourth long fourth and long plays where they're trying to get trying to get the first down, then. Well, and then getting inside the five and running four shotgun plays and then wasting a timeout on fourth down. So if you stop the Rams on three straight plays, you can't get the ball. It was just historically bad performance from Mm. Kitchens. So yeah, (laughs) that's not helping Baker at all. Yeah. So maybe we just need to wait until Baker has a coach because we looked at Jared Goff in his first season under uh, Jeff Fisher and thought, God, this guy might be the biggest bust in history. And yeah. Now we just got a hundred and four hundred million guaranteed in a contract. So yeah, yeah, we'll see if that was a good idea. I don't know. Yeah, Goff but... has kind of regressed into the form that I thought he would be. If that means. <laughs> like, <laughs> just not super smart. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, <laughs> we've said it plenty of times on the pod before that the uh, sun rises in the uh, yeah <laughs> sun sets in the east for Goff. So you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but they're three and zero, so. What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> um, God, my headphones were being making being really funny in my ears for a second there. It was like that. Classic. Yeah, you know. What? Yeah, we're, we're recording. We're going to keep it going. Um, so, where, when we were talk, texting about this the other day, when we started talking about all the other quarterbacks that are in the league in the same kind of, do we know what they are? Do we, uh, do we not know what they are? Where is their ceiling? And we're kind of breaking him down to, into categories. And the obvious one that we know who he is, he's one of the great one of the great quarterbacks in the league already, um, would be a number one pick in any draft right now, um, Patrick Mahomes. That's, yeah. That's your ceiling um, of great quarterbacks that are young, <laughs> below 10, 25 and under right now. And we're yeah. Not, we're not breaking news here. No, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there, and we'll try to touch on some of them, but... It all stops with starts and stops with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think he has a chance to maybe not win as much as Brady, but be ultimately better, um, just from a stats point of view. Because mm-hmm. they're just unstoppable. Their offense with, and he kind of dictates the pace of that. And I just can't see anyone or anything slowing him down, barring an injury. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I was having a chat about this actually just with some mates at eight, eight Ball earlier and, we were talking, and I was just saying that's the only thing that I can see stopping him is 
you know, his playing style isn't as you know isn't. My mate, I kind of said, "Oh, is he gonna is he gonna break down with his playing style?" And my mate was like, "Well, he's not like Cam Newton, just shoulder barging into you know he's he's still no. pretty, he's still pretty yeah. smart with how he protects his body, which is which is correct." So the only thing I can see slowing him down is if he does have just you know you have one of those unlucky injuries where your shoulder just breaks down for no no other reason than just you know one of those yeah. freak kind of he things. He does throw have. the ball hard. Yeah, <laughs> so there would just be all those kind of wear and tear kind of things is kind of. Kind of the only thing you can think of slowing him down. Otherwise, you know, 10, 15 years, the next 10, 15 years, I potentially could just be Patrick Mahomes, NFL, and we're just living in it kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he's going to shatter shatter all the records if he keeps up at this pace. I mean, mm-hmm. he just has quarters where he's unstoppable. I think against the Raiders, he threw for four in the second quarter. Um, this week, he kind of took over against the Ravens um, midway through. So just really impressive. Um, obviously, in that game, another young quarterback um i think the jury's still out on though what what's your take on lamar jackson uh yeah yeah jury still it's uh, the jury would be leaning towards uh, a favorable decision on him <laughs> but um yeah you could yeah. say you could say that uh, uh the game was good against kansas city yeah. uh they certainly it was certainly a game that the one that we were all looking at going into that week that We'll see where Lamar Jackson's at because, you know, obviously that first week against the Dolphins was unreal, but it was also against the Dolphins who I think are like 140 to 16 or the the, the yeah, point differential is pathetic. just unfucking real for them. So, uh, but they, he was admirable. Like, he, obviously, you saw the, the, the limitations in his game, and maybe that's just growth mm. as well because he's, he's such a young quarterback too. And we do forget that sometimes that on the same token that Patrick Mahomes is this good already, who's he going to be in five years if he keeps you know, yeah. progressing at this rate. But, yeah, Lamar, I think the jury's still out. But I think you could, as a Baltimore Ravens, if I'm putting myself in a Ravens fan's shoes, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at with him. He's already excited me more than Flacco did in my entire fine time yeah. as a fan. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a really fun brand of football they're trying to do down there, which is completely, you know, and the antithesis to what they have been. And, you know, they're really trying to build the offense around him. They've got Hollywood Brown. You know, hasn't had the same mm. week that he's, but he's still been pretty good. Um, you know, serviceable and doing his job, and they've got Mark Ingram down there now. Like they've got, just got all these players yeah. that they put around that they really seem to be investing in him as the quarterback, and that's what you got to do when you've got a guy like that. You've either got to, you've just got to understand who you've got and and use your scouting and and pick up players that are gonna gonna work with that system. And I think that's that would make me excited as a Ravens fan. You'd still be sitting there thinking, I hope this works out. I'm not completely convinced yet, but you're you're ninety, you know, eighty five, ninety percent of the way there, um, pending yeah. the rest of the season goes. Which is obvious. yeah, I just think that's the difference um, between Patrick Mahomes and this next crop of QBs. We're going to talk about you can put Patrick Mahomes in any system, and he'll put up humongous numbers. Whereas Lamar Jackson, you kind of have to fit a system around him, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of the same with Kyler Murray. Um, we'll get into that later, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just some of the smaller quarterbacks. Um, Mitch Trubisky, well, Mitch Trubisky isn't small, but I think you have to fit a system around him as well. Whereas Patrick Mahomes, and I think a guy like Josh Allen could could fit into almost any system and succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about so? I guess another one that I, well, is there any other quarterbacks in this list that I've given you that you look at and mm-hmm. say they're they're a lock? Um, you know, you've got. Deshaun Jackson is probably the other one that comes to mind that's had an impressive start. Deshaun Watson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did write Deshaun Jackson. I was I was doing these notes at like uh, 
bloody 11 yeah, o'clock I was hoping night, so. I was going to get to that name before you said it, because then it'd click. But yeah, Deshaun look, Watson look, it's is con- a lock It's content that shows us that we're not we're, we're human yeah. and we're not these gods that just speak in your ears every week. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, Deshaun Jackson, also a great football player. Yeah. But uh, Deshaun Watson, I think, is the only other true lock on this list of the 25 and unders that are, you know, I think the jury's still out on golf. I know we covered that enough, but, uh, you know, if you're talking about your Daniel Jones, I mean, I'm going to need to see one <laughs> more than one game yeah. against the Bucks. Um, Sam Darnold, again, who gets mono? I don't, <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> And uh, I just think Mitch Trubisky's bad. I don't think he's going <laughs> to... I don't know how long he's going to be a starting quarterback. Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about... Um, I mean, a few of these quarterbacks in this list have had controversy about their draft picks. You know, Jared Goff, the trades that they made to um, move up to that number one pick. Uh, you know, depending on how his career goes, could still look bad, but he's already had a, he's had a decent start, so you, you don't pick on that too much. Uh, Mitch Trubisky... That one is gonna, I think, is gonna look bad. And we're gonna look in the history books. It already doesn't look great now, and it has, never has actually, apart from maybe he's had a, a couple of quarters here and there that he suddenly looked okay. Well, he was in the draft with Mahomes and um, Watson, right? <laughs> so they yeah. traded up and Jackson? missed. Yeah. Uh, so they missed on Watson and Mahomes mm. to move up to draft Mitch Trubisky when they could have just got one of those guys at whatever spot they're at. Because I think Mahomes is a third-round pick, and Watson maybe was late first round. Yeah, I feel I like don't know. Yeah. Either way, where is your, where is your uh, football department at when you were saying, yeah, we're going to trade up to take this guy, and those other guys are on the table, and they, they never even thought about it? Yeah. yeah. I just I didn't get, like... It's the even, hatred even, of Deshaun Watson coming out of Clemson it, and the love of Mitch Trubisky. It didn't make any sense to me. Is that just a hipster thing? Like, not to be too... I know I know football departments are meant to be smarter than that, but sometimes it just seems like... I think football departments are stupid, Yeah, honestly. I think they they have an idea in mind of what a prototypical quarterback is, but... It's not that like it's, it's like the, the Blazers quarterbacks taking that Odin. win that aren't that it's yeah like, like the Blazers taking Sam Bowie over Jordan because oh, they fit their needs better like just yeah. t- just take the better guy that's that's always good yeah it, yeah and I do think success breeds success if that makes sense mm-hmm. like if you're successful in college I think if you go to a good team then you're gonna have some success like Watson did with the Texans and yeah he has a terrible offensive line but he's still good yeah. in spite of a terrible line so Trubisky at North Carolina super forgettable I mean I don't remember him playing college football and now he's like just not good I mean he's still not playing football pain to watch no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah he got his stats against Washington on Monday night but it's like that's a terrible football team yeah and yeah it's I had a point and I completely forgot it. Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is just a thing that like, where, oh yeah, this is where I was going. How Like where would Chicago be if you just took took two Trubisky out and put Watson in there? Considering the other trades are made and, and build a decent, like there's a decent defense out there, like not great. Oh, player. it's a great defense. So yeah. like, where would that team be if they just had someone competent? Like, I, I don't know, it sounds like we're really shitting on Trubisky, but we kind of are because... 
He's very bad. Yeah. I I want that <laughs> to be clear. But um yeah, I just don't think they can win a Super Bowl with Trubisky. It's just the bottom line. Like if they, if maybe if you put Baker Mayfield on that team, even yeah, you know, yeah, they would probably be more successful. Yeah. So I think he's at the bottom of this hundred and twenty-five list. Um, mm. There's a jury still out on some candidates. I know that we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got Josh Rosen in there because you mentioned that name, and I said, well, that's a mulligan because he's on the Dolphins, <laughs> who are actively tanking. So. I mean, and he played for the Cardinals last year. You were the worst team last year. So yeah. it's kind of. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Cardinals, you did touch on Kyler Murray before. Like, that's a guy that we just, we're not going to know too. Like, he's he's been okay enough so far. And, like, I just don't know what, what more we can say about him. Yeah. He's on such a, a team that's not that great. That and that's, He's just so short. <laughs> like, I hate to break it down that much, but it's just like. Have we ever seen a quarterback that short succeed? I know they say he's like 5'10 or 5'11, but there's no way. He is <laughs> tiny. Like, he's like 5'10 in cleats, maybe, tops. And yeah. it just scares me when I watch him because it's like can't see over the line. Like His linemen are almost a foot taller than him, defensive linemen. So I hope he proves me wrong. I yeah. know I'm in no means a scout, but it just worries me when I watch him week to week. Like, you know, I think with short quarterbacks, you've got to be supremely talented to overcome that. You've seen, you know, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees were two of the guys that really got that. Kind I of, think they tower over him, though. I swear. I mean, they, they probably, without actually looking at the stats and then actually seeing the eye test as well, I don't know. But those are those are guys that did still have that knock on them. But they used they were supremely talented. You know, Russell Wilson um, isn't the same guy he was a few years ago, but. Um, you know his his best years. He was just his ability to roll out and just his intelligence and understanding the playbook that was in front of him. Understanding the way that yeah. the Seahawks were trying to play. And the same goes for Drew Brees. Um, obviously, uh, we don't need to say too much about Drew Brees' pedigree as a quarterback, but he had the same thing on him as well. That um, his height was going to be a detriment to him, but he worked hard. Obviously, again, had a great rapport with his coach. You know, mm-hmm. Brees and Peyton Wilson and Carroll in Seattle, but just but had really long great careers together so um there is that whereas uh yeah i don't know if murray's gonna have that in arizona so well he definitely has a coach for it but yeah i mean kingsbury's probably just not ready not used to the nfl quite yet so it's Mm -hmm. a lot to take in all at once but um i mean drew Brees is listed at six feet i think he's more like 510 and uh murray's listed at 510 i think he's more like 58 yeah it's it's just a thing we do with athletes where I mean, apparently at the combine, Murray measured at five ten and one eighth. So that's, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like you know, there's, there's all, all sorts of combine stories of, um, that come out about. What was um? Well, Chris, yeah, Chris Long was talking about on the pod this week about putting Kleenex in his gloves so he could get a higher vert. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there's all maybe Kyler had tape on his feet. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't think he's five ten. <laughs> <laughs> just wearing like stiletto cleats and they just didn't notice yeah <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that episode of the simpsons when bart's not tall enough to try out for fallout boy but so he gets a chihuahua and wears uh high platform shoes and spikes his hair up even higher so <laughs> that's a very that's a very deep cut <laughs> for for if simpsons any, if, it, if anyone's gonna deep cut the simpsons it would be you so yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we yeah, Mitch Trubisky's shit. Um, 
<laughs> segment. <laughs> the the one that the, obviously one of the big stories from the weekend as well, and another quarterback on our list is uh, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, as he's being called, or just Dimes at this point. Dimes already. He's gone from being the backup to Eli to just having a single name nickname called Dimes within a week. So, and the biggest laughing stock of the draft. Yeah, too. well, that's where I was going. Apparently, with that. being the yeah. savior, and. He's going to have to be the savior because his best weapon is out for two months yeah. in Saquon Barkley. So have fun with that, Giants fans. They're all reminiscing and having a great time about about DJ. But uh, <laughs> Saquon's out for two months. So yeah, have well, fun. Do you think he can... Uh, well, that'll be a test even if they're losing games still. How he looks in them, what stats he's putting up. If you can look at the results and say it wasn't he did what he could with limited options if he's throwing picks and whatever then obviously he's going to be adding to the compounding the issue but yeah he's I think in two months we're we're saying did they turn to Danny Dimes too soon I don't think that's going to be the question (laughs) you don't no you're you're all in on Danny Dimes no well it's not so much I'm all in on Danny Dimes and just Eli Manning hasn't (laughs) been good since he last beat the Patriots so right but I just well I just think Jones might not show as well as they think he's going to, especially yeah. like playing the Cowboys twice. And maybe, I don't know when they play him, I guess, but Cowboys and Eagles, you know, that's going to be difficult games for him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so well, the question is, is it would it have been better just to keep going with Eli and not know or know by the end of the season what you've got in Dan- Daniel Jones? Like, that's the question because <laughs> Eli's not going to get any better. He's If Eli kept on I playing, think... he's going to have a sub-500 record for his career. So, I mean, if he can play and you're going to get the same results as Eli, might as well trot him out there and it's not going to be embarrassing. I don't think you're going to ruin his confidence mm-hmm. or anything like that. But, I mean, the Giants have coming up the Vikings, the, or, uh, the Vikings, the Patriots, and then the Cowboys a little bit later, and and the Lions, who I guess are 3 or 2-0-1, but nobody believes in them. But, you know, not the easiest slate for for the young quarterback, especially the Vikings and Patriots um, after. So that's two weeks from last Sunday. So he might get his ass kicked a little bit and uh, a little bit harder than the Bucks and Washington will provide. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a jury still out. Obviously, we're never going to say he was already up there with Mahomes, but it's it's obviously a massive, massive weekend for him considering the comeback they had and, and yeah. the headlines it created, but you know, one one game we we just don't know. Um, I've been just so excited to talk about this guy. I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned him off pod, but Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Wazoo. Yeah, Pac twelve represent makes his own jorts. All <laughs> that stuff. Uh, actually, he's been pretty impressive on the field, though. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, it's kind of it kind of takes that um, willful ignorance to be great in the NFL when you're a rookie, and I think he has it. Um, yeah, you know the stories of him walking around uh, Washington State's campus with a Crown Royal bottle tucked into <laughs> his jean shorts uh, waistband, uh, the suits, you know, stretching a naked or in a jockstrap, modern day folk hero. Yeah, yeah, and just the the mustache. It was um. There was a there was an ESPN article that compared him to a gunslinger with a mix of Brett Favre and Ben Roethlisberger, and I was like, that's not the best comparison considering their legal history. But um, 
Mm-hmm. Well, he is very southern, like yeah. Brett Favre. So yeah, um, but yeah, no. It's did you the story that blew my mind was that he tried to break his own hand so he could get a medical red shirt to continue have another year of eligibility. Yeah, he's a psychopath. I love it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I heard and it. Wazoo definitely could have used him this week. Yeah. Another quarterback, I think, threw for eight touchdowns. but Nine touchdowns. Unreal. Nine we'll touchdowns. Get, we'll get to that later on. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, the story with the, the hammer. So, basically, he was a backup quarterback at where, wherever the fuck he was before um, Wazoo. Um, mm. Third string. And then one guy just got converted to running back. The other guy got injured. And so suddenly he was going to be coming in a starter, and because he didn't want to, he wanted an extra year of eligibility, so he wanted to. He was redshirting that year. Um, they played him, and the only re- way he was going to get his extra year of eligibility was to get a medical redshirt. So he said he went home, <laughs> got grabbed a bottle of Jack Daniels, just like the just like the the folk hero we're talking about exactly, and just proceeded to try and break his hand with a hammer and and somehow didn't work. I don't know how he didn't. He That is a story I haven't heard and that is so bizarre. <laughs> so he went to East Carolina. Yeah, that, and then I think he went that... to Northwest Mississippi Community College. That might before. be where the hand breaking thing happened. <laughs> anyway. And then he went to Wazoo. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. So I mean does he keep the job over Nick Foles at when Nick Foles is Nick Foles out for the season? Is that a season ending injury? Clavicle? I feel like it could be for him, especially considering he's already yeah. had some shoulder issues before. Um, and shoulder, shoulder injuries are just such a weird one to actually come back from, particularly for a quarterback, obviously. Um, Definitely. And I think if he continues in this vein, he's like, he's putting these like actually like it just the, the eye test is really good. Like he's, he play, yeah. he's playing well. And like you said, maybe it's just because he's, He's so uh, he's got his blinders on as to the whole NFL experience that it's just it's, he's pretty relaxed and but relaxed back there and doesn't have the pressure of a Baker Mayfield that we were talking about before. He's just he's coming in there as uh, in there as a backup. You know, he's obviously got the lackadaisical attitude that he has. That so maybe he's just <laughs> he a, also played the Titans, which doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, maybe he's just the right right mindset to be an NFL backup that can come in and actually be a legitimate starter. And maybe he, uh, who knows what happens if he actually got, you know, given the starting job, how that would change, how he's, how he's approaching things. But I don't know. I'm, I'm all in on it. I'm just really excited to see how it develops as a, yeah. a storyline throughout the season. Cause he's just such an interesting character. And, you know, they showed him after that Thursday night game. He was two days later. He was in Pullman wearing his jorts, and that he makes yeah. him, he makes himself. He grabs jeans and cuts cuts him into jorts because he's got yeah. he's got I mean, them. got it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> his dad also wanted to call him Beowulf. So giant, <laughs> absolute unit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly who you think you would be. Yeah, um, but. So, yeah. uh, but in the, he outdueled Mariota, who I think his days might be numbered as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that just got fucked over by being drafted to a team that was just never going to be good. Kind of. I just he was missing wide open guys on Thursday night. Like, yeah, his team has it's it's possible for both his team not to have helped him and for him to be mediocre. Yeah, he's he was just missing. He missed a wide open guy in the end zone, um, and, and just some of the short out routes. It just, um, j- 
just wasn't looking good. And uh, I mean, I don't think James. I mean, the big comparison has always been him versus Jameis, but I don't think either of them are a starting quarterback in two years. Yeah, that's I think right. James has a little bit longer leash since uh, coach turnover and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I'd I'd love to see him do well. Obviously, Mariota fan, but yeah, I just don't think it's. I think it's passed both, but by for both Jameis and Marcus, particularly with the young crop coming through. It's just I can't imagine them, and particularly the the style of play they are too. It's uh, they're just getting wrecked, wrecked every week, and just <laughs> I don't know how their body's going to hold. Mariota's just not very big either. Like yeah. when it comes to like taking hits and stuff like that. What if though? Let me paint you what I would assume would be your picture of heaven. Would be you know Tom Brady decides to hang him up pretty soon. Belichick takes a flyer on <laughs> a replaced Marcus Mariota, and Marcus Mariota goes to the Patriots and goes in, shows that Brady was a system quarterback by succeeding in that system. Yeah, I'd buy a Mariota jersey. I'd be super happy about <laughs> it. Yeah. So, hey, maybe it happens. Yeah. You know, the system quarterback one's one that I've never been too bothered by because I think every – there's a certain truth to every quarterback being a system quarterback in the sense that you have to be in a system that works to to benefit your talents. It's kind of a, it's a symbiotic relationship. You have to be a good quarterback, but you have to have a good system. You know, you can't be if you're a good quarterback in a bad system, you might lift them by a couple of results. If yeah. you're a bad quarterback in a good system, you might drag them down a few results. And if it comes all comes together, you get you get the Patriots, you get the Kansas City Chiefs at the moment, you get um, the Rams last year, the yeah. Well, and Marcus was a system quarterback at Oregon, I think. I yeah. mean, that system benefited a lot of quarterbacks out there. Marcus was just the best in it. So, and he was he was pretty special in that year that he won the Heisman. He was un- yeah. unreal. So, like he certainly and his talent elevated that team more the system. So, yeah, that was, was the same argument. Um yeah. So, yeah, if he went to the Patriots, I'd be fine. But I just <laughs> I can't imagine that happening, obviously. I mean, you guys are going to need somebody to replace Brady at some point. So maybe it'll be one of these quarterbacks we we talked about, but that'll round out our top top quarterbacks under 25 list, which really, there are no clear answers. It's a gray area again. Apart from Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're we're going to see. And the fact that Mitch Trubisky is bad. So yeah. those are the black and white <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's your, that's your 1 to that. 10 scale, essentially. It's like how on a scale of Mitch Trubisky to <laughs> Trubisky Patrick. to Mahomes. Yeah. yeah, how bad are you or good are you? Uh, the weekend, the one result that kind of, I mean, I've got the, there's been a few results to teams that we probably expected more from this weekend. You know, the Lions beating the Eagles. The Eagles have some issues, I think, um, considering that the, there were some, a lot of people had them as a Super Bowl pick for this year. Uh, injuries, yeah. injuries are killing them a little bit, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, back-to-back losses to the Falcons and Lions, who are two teams that probably won't make the playoffs. Falcons, maybe, since mm-hmm. Drew Brees got hurt, but they're not very good. And the Lions, I just, I don't know how they won that game, but <laughs> they did, and I don't know how they haven't lost yet. But um, you know. A draw to Arizona is basically a loss in my book, but particularly uh, the fact that they had that massive lead in that game too. Yeah, and like Kyler Murray come back on them, but yeah, I don't know what's going on in Philly. I think they'll get right against um, 
their division a little bit with games against the Giants and Washington coming up. Um, not good football teams. I think those both those teams are probably bottom five in the NFL. So yeah. Um, but yeah, some glaring concerns. Doug Peterson not great so far. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never thought he was a good coach. I know he called the Philly special and all that bullshit, but. I think that was actually Nick Foles who called it. So yeah, just a bad coach overall. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a lot of faith in Philadelphia this year, but I do think the NFC ha- does have some some leeway for teams like Philly to maybe jump into the playoffs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> another just another fun story from this week. I assume you saw the story about the the guy that was. The guy that was fucking catching children from a burning, being thrown from a burning. Yes, he was Aguilaring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said. He's like, "Yeah, I was just catching these children, you know, making catches." I'm like Aguilar. I just had to put that yeah. out there. It's just like, yeah. oh my god, that is that is the best Philly fan I've ever seen. Just just got to yeah. burn Aguilar, even when you're literally saving children from a burning building. From burning, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Aguilar did cost them that game in Atlanta. I mean. Yeah, Wentz put it on the money, and, and he's had these issues. Him. He's had these issues his entire career as a pro. Like yeah. really, really, really bad at catching the ball, which is <laughs> the one thing he's he does. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, some glaring issues. I think they're still in the playoff picture, but uh, just a really bad loss. Um, you have in the notes the Seahawks are not good. Obviously, losing to Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, uh, is not at home is not good, and Teddy definitely did not play well. So, who knows what's going on in that NFC? I think the the top of the NFC is pretty set with you know Dallas, L.A. Even though we just criticized Jared Goff forever, mm-hmm. but Dallas, L.A., Green Bay, Green Bay, maybe I I have I I think Green Bay will be fine. Um, yeah, I still like Rodgers. I still think Rodgers is elite. I think the Vikings are up there too. Yeah, but uh, so that's kind of the top four of the NFC. But there's still two teams, and for a lot of teams to jump up there and grab, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just sorry. I was going back to the Packers. Yeah, Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not. Sh- it's still it's a work in progress there, certainly on the offensive side. But the defense is really good and. And that's yeah. what, and that's just to, to be three and zero when you're still trying to work out this the new the new you know new coaching and all that kind of thing. I think that's actually a really good. I think the Packers are people are still not they're obviously a very popular team, but there's not a lot of people have still got their eye on them because so many people are either you know fawning over Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City, or you've got Dallas obviously going really well on the NFC side of the ball. Um, there's so many sto- other stories that are happening. That somehow the Packers, it's weird to say they're almost under the radar with their three and zero start. They're definitely under the radar. Like, yeah, no one's no one's talking about them as a three and zero team because maybe they're waiting to see how they go throughout the season. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Said, well, they looked bad the first week. Kind of pulled that game out of nowhere. Yeah. against Trubisky. <laughs> but other than that, you know, they beat Minnesota, who everybody has penciled in as a pretty pretty solid team this year. Mm-hmm. And I think tomorrow night we'll be seeing if they're really for real against the uh, against Philly actually because Philly's kind of trending downward right now. So yeah, I think it's a Aaron Rodgers kind of needs to put it on them on a Thursday night at home. So. Yeah, that is a massive game for both teams, and it's, it's actually 
for a Thursday yeah. for a Thursday night match, it's just super, super, super tasty. It's nice to have a good one, actually. Yeah. Crazy that Green Bay's played it in two of the first four, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you did. I think with the Eagles' injuries issues, you'd probably be expecting Green Bay to win that one, but. You never know with how they're still figuring things out on the offensive side of the ball a little bit. You know, they've, they've had some runs where they can score at that will and then not score for the rest of the game, kind of, uh, as they did in week two. So, um, yeah, it's just some hiccups here and there. Yeah, but which is just learning. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Dallas, they just rolled over the Dolphins. Um, not much more that needs to be said there. <laughs> uh, no, and that's the other premier game of this week, I think, would be Cowboys Saints on Sunday night. So we actually have some good night games. Since we, I mean, the Vikings do play the Bears, but again, I think the Vikings defense will swallow Trubisky hole in that one, even though it's in Chicago. So yeah. I would take the Vikings plus two on the road. Yeah. But that's just me. But then again, that's betting on Kirk Cousins. Uh, so <laughs> against Khalil Mack, which probably, I don't know. I, still, I just don't trust Trubisky against a good defense. Probably just a stay away game for a betting betting man. Yeah, yeah. But Saints Cowboys, um, that'll that'll be the other. That this will prove if the Saints can hang against, hang in the NFC while Breeze is out. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be the interesting part with Cowboys going up against the defense at the Saints. Yeah, like you said, T- and Teddy didn't have a great game against the, uh, the Seahawks, but their defense is they won. Yeah, and their yeah. De- and their defense had I think two scored from two turnovers. I I believe. So that's where they and so that'll be the interesting the part for the Cowboys to to um you know Dak coming up against after having just you know the an open field in front of him essentially against the Dolphins to come up against a defense that will be wanting to show that they can you know there'll be a lot of those guys in the Saints um wanting to do the job to get there because you know everyone wrote him off as soon as Breeze went down and you know people take you know defenses take this is- yeah, yeah, they take they take issue with that. They want to they want to prove that they're not just a that this team can hold it off until until Breeze comes back. So, yeah, I mean, this is a big game for both teams. This is a big you know prime time game for Dak and the Cowboys. Hey, you guys want to be the best team in the NFC? Go into the Superdome at night. It's going to be deafening down there. Show what you can do. Yeah, know um, that you're the best team. And he's and obviously he's still there's. Not that it's lingering in a in a negative way, but there's obviously Dak Dak's contract is um been something that's been talked about since uh, Zeke certainly got signed and he's the next big player in Dallas that they're going to be wanting to lock up. Uh, every week so far has been good for him. This is going to be one of those games that's going to be really a make or break as far as where he, where his dollars want to be because um, if he can go on uh, continue this run that he's had as a good start to the season against a Saints defense that won't give him give it to him easy, although at certain times they can. Um, secondary is not great yeah. but they just like have this different livelihood in the dome so and at night especially so yeah. it should be one of the best i'm expecting it to be one of the best games of the weekend so yeah no, that i one mean was... there's not a lot else on the slate but <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> um browns ravens might be fun a little bit but yeah well so uh where do you have any expectation um, for your your bills against the Patriots? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I would take the Patriots minus seven. Easy. Okay. So it's just, I'm not a betting man, though. But so is it just me being a, a a pessimistic sports fan then? Because I see the yes, I see the bills. Uh, <laughs> 
the defense playing pretty well. I see the Patriots with every receiver having something broken at the moment. Um, I think I like Josh Allen and I like his future up there, but the Jets turn him over four times and a half, and their defense is okay, I guess. But Patriots have a like, top five defense in the NFL, probably yeah. at least secondary. So I think there'll be some ball hawks out there for Josh, and I think the Bills will be humbled a little yeah. bit, even though it is up in Buffalo. But it's a good time to go to Buffalo when it's still somewhat warm. Yeah. Uh, so you reckon? <laughs> so, I mean, that's my th- my fear. I was like, I actually don't have too much worry about the Bills running up the score on us or anything. It's just I, I worry about us, our ability to score against uh, what has been a decent defense so far. And uh, and obviously with the issues, you know, Edelman seems to be carrying something. Uh, Josh Gordon was out of the game for a bit the other day. Yeah, uh, here's his hand, I think. Yeah, which yeah. isn't isn't great for a receiver, um, obviously. But um, Dorsett's good. Yeah, Dorsett's um, good, but you you're really going down. Who's the kid you guys drafted? He's good. Right? And kill Harry, he's on the IR. So like we're okay. Yeah. Well, he's good though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, but not too much good on the uh, on the IR. So that that's where I'm at. Like I don't have too much worry about the Patriots. It's more the the Patriots that that are not going to be possibly at their fittest. Um, which is often what drags you down to a level of a, a grind attack game. So it could be one of those weird ones where it's just like 21-7 or 21-10 kind of. I think you guys win by two scores, like four, two touchdowns, I'd say. 14-17, to 17, somewhere in that range. That's okay. my prediction, but I, I I've hope, been wrong before. I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, I've got it on the list. Um, it's only a, well, so we were talking about last week that I was – my hope was that he would get cut, and he got cut. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on it. No, it's been I'm exhausted. Kind of covered to death. It's uh, whatever. It's just I'm glad it's over, and I'm sure the tweets will continue continue to be sent out, and I'm sure there'll still be reactions from franchises and owners and the NFL and stuff like that. But it's just a story that. I'm glad it's hopefully starting to go away until it actually goes to court, if it yeah. does. Yeah, well, that's but. what we've got to hope, that just it goes to the... Oh, hopefully, you look, if he's done something um, really egregious, I hope that you know, criminal criminal proceedings obviously need to go ahead. But if it is just civil suits and whatever whatever it ha- takes for everyone, all the parties to be um, satisfied appropriately as far as their, um, their, you know, people getting paid for things that he hasn't paid for, whatever whatever needs to happen... Needs to happen. Antonio Brown's going back to college. Hopefully, somehow he strains himself out. I can't imagine him going to class after not going to practices to earn thirty million. But yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, and it, it's obviously there is a as much of a clown show as he's been. There seems to be some. There's something ser- severely mentally wrong there. So you, you you actually want if he if there is something wrong there, you want to see the guy get better too, and maybe acknowledge that his behavior has been. You know, who knows if that'll happen, but you've obviously got to think about the human behind it all and not just sit there and treat him like that. That's a real hope, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope he gets the help he needs because he did not get it during his NFL career. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, don't think we see him back in the NFL, though. Um, Certainly. Just, yeah, I can't can't imagine it happening. So, yeah, I I feel like that's about the NFL that, you know, Obviously, we talk about it every week, so we'll see what happens this weekend with a few of those big matchups. Um, it, it's all going to start getting a bit clearer over the next couple of weeks as to where we, the realistic expectations for all of these teams are. Yeah, after four weeks, that's usually a good 
barometer of what we can expect to see. Obviously, there's some second half of the season teams, but you know, if teams move to four and zero, that's usually a pretty good sign that they're they're going to be in the talks for playoffs and beyond. So, yeah. Well, we're going to rip the bandaid off straight away. It's not <laughs> it's not terrible, but you know, moving on to the college college football, uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Look, they were, val- they were valiant and actually, I think for the first time in a while, um, they were in a big game that proved that they deserved to be there and uh, easily they could have won it. So how are we feeling yeah. with uh, a few days to think about it, reflect, uh, get over the hangover? Yeah, the hangover was the worst part. <laughs> Mainly because I had to wake up uh, and watch Arsenal go down to 10 men against uh, Austin Villa the next morning. But uh, yeah, it was not bad. I'd I'd like them to win one of these. <laughs> yeah, you know they were close not too long ago, and I think 2014 against Jameis, maybe 2015. So mm. I mean, they went down to Florida State when Florida State was number one and actually scored the game-winning touchdown, on, but got called a pick play. So it's just a lot of either beatdowns or these really close games that are frustrating to deal with. But uh, I was proud of them. I still don't know how good Georgia Georgia is really because yeah. I think. Notre Dame's mistakes kind of cost them that game, but we'll set, we'll certainly see. You know, the hope now is that Georgia kills Alabama and Notre Dame can sneak into the playoffs somehow. But <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You know, it's on your resume now that it's a close, a close fought thing. So now you've kind of got to root for Georgia for the rest of the year. You know, you got to you want those. Yeah, you want either a good a win over a team that's meant to be good or a close loss to a team that's meant to be good. To I need still, Clemson to lose. To somebody yeah. <laughs> like that they shouldn't lose to yeah. or Alabama for that matter, which probably isn't going to happen, but yeah, we'll see. I think there's just too many teams in front of Notre Dame now for it to really shake out in their favor. Yeah. Um, but you know, as far as a, a Notre Dame's program going forward, good signs. Um, certainly like, like you said, you know, you don't want to see you, you lose these games. Cause like, you know, why we are uh, stuck, Oregon Duck fans had it in the first week with that, you know, really heartbreaking one to Auburn. But it felt, you know, after you had a few days to think about it and get over the fact that you were mad about certain irrelevant things, you look back yeah. and say, look, it was a, a close game against a good team. And we'll get to Auburn in a bit here. Um, and it, at the end of the day, it's, it's a sign of progress going forward, even if you're losing these games as right with, with how college football works. It is, you know, they're positive, positive momentum, positive signs, uh, things you can work on, and things you can, um, you yeah, know, use for the program to progress. So, yeah. and they certainly have several games coming up to boost their resume with wins. You know, they have Virginia this week, who's yeah. rated. They play Michigan. Um, they play USC. They play Stanford. You know, these are all big games that maybe if some of these teams in front of them start losing, like. You know, LSU plays Alabama. Auburn plays Alabama. You know, yeah. some of these teams have to lose, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, that's um, we can talk about that. Um, we'll talk about Oregon in a bit, but just to kind of continue with the theme. Um, you know, first of all, with Auburn, they beat A and M, and um, what is another? You know, I wrote wrote down is it's kind of like another marker for the young. You know. He didn't look great. Uh, Bo Nix didn't look great in, against Oregon until right there at the end. But since then, he's kind of you know he's built on that built on that result. And A and M in what was a ranked matchup, you know they got the win and he and he looked looked good. So 
you know, or you're talking about teams that you want to beat, Alabama and and what the like. I don't know where Auburn are going to be close to the hat, but at least there's yeah these these teams are building momentum. And then we look at LSU. There's like um, and I've got you know got Heisman watching there, but you know you got um Joe Burrow just fucking lining yeah. it up down in at LSU and really in an art like not the LSU we're used to. Um, you know, big scoring team and there is there is teams there that are right up there, you know, ranked highly that could be the team to beat um, Alabama if they have a bad day, which we've seen Alabama have plenty of bad days before. Well, not plenty, but some high-profile ones. So, mm-hmm. you know. It'll be definitely interesting to see yeah. with the SEC West. Um, I mean, Alabama is just still so scary, especially with Tua. So. Yeah, and he had but, a good game on the weekend too. Mm-hmm. But does an Alabama loss to one of those teams still put them ahead of a Notre Dame loss to Georgia? Because if LSU or Auburn beats Alabama, then they'll jump up to one or two, probably. Probably mm-hmm. two, I guess, if Clemson's still rolling, which they most likely will be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the writing's kind of on the wall for Notre Dame this year, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's anything the un- can happen. That's the unfortunate thing, even with the uh, playoff. Uh, allowing that extra couple of teams into the discussion, it still is just these teams like you know Oregon, Notre Dame, Notre Dame more so. One loss mm-hmm. uh, is sometimes all it takes. You know, the only the only teams that re- can really withstand it often are the Alabamas and Clemsons that have been up around that ranking for a few years. So yeah, yeah. Um, Oregon got what you know the Stanford aren't the team that they have been for the last few years, but. That win down in Palo Alto, I felt like I could, you know, watching the end, watching Herbert celebrate and Cristobal, like yeah. they, they look like the, even if the Stanford team is a bit of a shadow of itself, uh, you could still see it meant a lot as far as what it just does for their belief in themselves. Because Stanford, even if they can't move the ball as well and, and obviously aren't a threat offensively like they were, they're still a good defensive team. Like it's just the kind of David Shaw brand. Uh they had to grind it out a bit, but, you know, Herbert had a great day. You know, he was 17-21, I think, you know, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Just really clean with the ball and just moved the ball well. You know, obviously they had a lot of a lot of drives that did grind down because it was it was 21-6, uh, so it wasn't a high-scoring college football game, but they did what they had to do. They were clean and they're yeah. obviously defensively great. You know, they, they, haven't, they still haven't given up a touchdown since uh, the Auburn game, so... You know, yeah. having a really good defensive start to the season with that Auburn game aside, and even that wasn't, you know, not high scoring or anything like that. So, you know, really good defense. Um, obviously, that's what Cristobal came in there and straight away was like, you know, we got to change the way this team's built. You know, you can't keep doing this. You got to get some size in there, um, build around the defense, and also have a good offense um, with Herbert and the, and the guys that got there. So, yeah. I don't know what you thought of it, but I was like really impressed with you know getting even as I said Stanford aren't the team they have been, but it's still a hard place to go down and win in Palo Alto. You have to be a good team to go down there and and beat them as comfortably as they did, even if the score wasn't massive. Yeah, um, you touched on you touched on it. Uh, they just did what they had to do, and they won a game that wasn't really their style of winning, which I think is the sign of a good team. Um, I didn't see a lot of it because it was on during it overlapped with Notre Dame quite yeah. a bit. But uh, I did like Oregon's uniforms a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, you did say that in the group chat. Yeah, yeah. those are sick. Um, yeah, excited to see that what Oregon can do in a couple weeks uh, when they hit the field next. So, 
Yeah. I don't think they play this week, right? Um, I think uh, I've got down that they play Cal, but I might be thinking of that. That's in two weeks, possibly. Um, that's in, that's their next game, but it's uh, on October fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I just had down as the next game and uh, hadn't actually looked at when the date was, but yeah. I mean, that's a Cal or a ranked team at the moment too. So. Um, well, see, they play. Uh, they have. Arizona State this week, so yeah. I could see them dropping that game. I don't know how, I don't know how good Cal is, honestly, but yeah, well, it'd be cool be. if they were good. Yeah, um, and obviously, uh, well, it is good to if, if Cal are good to get a win over them will be good for the good for the resume. Not that obviously, again, you know, titles out of the picture as far as but you know, we're looking at bowl games. We just we just want to have a season. Oregon's obvious plan for this season now is to win the Pac-12. They've got the team to do it, I think. Um, they've shown that they can, they've certainly shown that they can uh, bring it to Auburn in that opener, and then uh, the, the results since have been really good as well. Um, Stanford, obviously, I don't think are anywhere close to being a competitor for the the, um, the North and, and the Pac-12 this year. So we're looking at the teams for yeah. the South. Um, Cal, obviously, is another as one that, at the moment, is having a good start to the season. So, yeah, it will be a good game to see where they're at. Um, and you know, Cal's just one of those teams that I don't know why I just don't like them. <laughs> I actually I don't mind. It the, is surprising because Berkeley is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I actually I don't mind Berkeley. It's just Cal as a team. Um, just some interesting. It's actually because the two of the Cal games I went to in college, both times torrential downpour. Yeah, Horrible. I remember one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, my passport got permanently damaged. I lost my Mariota. Yeah. I lost my Mariota jersey. <laughs> Uh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I got lambasted in Sydney Airport once when I brought my passport back because it wouldn't scan <laughs> it wouldn't scan and he said what you know you might not get let back in the country. I was like, "Well, I'm Australian. Like what were you going to do to poor me?" Like, my accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Well, no, like you we you, you just might not get let back." And I'm like, "Well, what are you going to do with me? I'm Australian. I you can't yeah. send me back to here." So anyway, um, we would have taken you in. I kind of, I kind of talked him. I kind of talked him around, and I said, "Yeah, I'll go get a new one. It's fine." I just, I, and he's like, "What happened?" I was like, "I was at a football game." He's like, "Why did you take your passport?" I'm like, "Well, I need ID for beer." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's just, and so yeah, that's cow. Um, and then the, there was another one before that, like two years before that one, that you were. You were privy to witness. Um, it was a, the same thing again, just standing there as a torrential downpour. Yeah. It was always Cal for some reason. And, you know, LaMike, I think LaMichael got injured against Cal that, that first time and just, just always just a bad memory about a Cal game, even though we, yeah. I think we won them every time. It was just, just. Yeah, it was just sloppy football yeah. from what I remember. So yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that bloody UCLA Wazoo game. That was fucking nuts. Yeah, I definitely went to sleep thinking Wazoo had it because uh, it's Pac-12 after dark out here. It's a yeah. little too late for me. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't really see what happened. But I know my Washington State brethren are not thrilled, not happy about what was going on. Yeah. Uh, what does that say? Because I don't, I still don't think UCLA are any good. So. No, they're terrible. Do we just chalk it up to Wazoo just got too comfortable and UCLA just just things just rolled? That's how I, yeah. I that's how I think I see the game, but I'm just making sure that that's 
that's something you agree with. It's probably probably where it's at. It's just just a nuts game that. Just, I mean, it's college football. These, these things happen a lot in college football, where just things roll. Yeah, it's just momentum. Yeah. Like once the momentum starts flowing, um, and then it can kill the other team. You know, Washington say like, you just can't catch your breath once the momentum turns against you, and I think. That's what happened. I think if Washington State plays them ten times, they win nine times, and yeah. UCLA and needs a miracle comeback to beat them. The one time they win, so yeah. Um, so I had I had written down that, that you know I, I will this turn something for Chip or is it just going to be this is just not going to not going to go well and this was just his shining moment that just I think won. it was just the feather in his cap on an otherwise pretty lackluster season. Yeah, would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't see much of that game either. I was quite a few beers deep by the late games. So after that Notre Dame game, so yeah, watching sports on the East Coast as a whole is a trip. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> it's good for soccer, but not much else. Yeah, I remember when I was at Niagara Falls, just watching base like a Dodgers game at like one a.m. and I was like, this is fucking weird. Yeah, it's, it's just, stupid. It's odd. Um, but that's why there's an East Coast bias, because we don't want to stay up for the West Coast shenanigans. Yeah, don't want to stay up and watch Gardner Minshew at Washington State, which is why, which is <laughs> no. why we're only just hearing about him now. So. <laughs> yeah, well, the Timbers play tonight at 10.30, and we'll see if I can stay up for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be watching that. Um, and that, that's... Uh, That'll be a big subject on the next pod with the the news that's happened there in the MLS. But um, I had Heisman watch written down, but I don't think too much changed <laughs> to be honest. Like you know, Lawrence, no. Lawrence got like fucking nine, seven, seven from nine completions, two touchdowns, and just went and had a rest. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we need big games yeah. for Heisman talk, and unfortunately, didn't. Get, I think Alabama played Southern Miss, and you know, I mean. They Herbert, all, I guess, helped himself, but they all just padded. They all just padded stats essentially to yeah. for the weekend. Um, you know, the guy that threw for the most touchdowns on the weekend was the Wazoo quarterback that lost. So you know, it's, yeah, it's exactly. just, it's just one of those weekends where a lot of stats being put up, but no, no marker results. You know, you know, Bo Nix probably had the best result as a quarterback actually for the weekend because he had to go and win a, a tough game against AM. Yeah. A&M, so yeah. Yeah, um, there's no real Heisman candidates in Notre Dame, Georgia, and that was the premier game of the weekend. So, yeah. I mean, you need an SEC big game. You need like an LSU versus Alabama before we really talk about Heisman race, or or for you know Texas Oklahoma would be big for Jalen Hurts. So I think yeah. that's a couple weeks away still. So it's just not really you know it's still the names we came into the season with. Um, Dobson for Ohio State, obviously very good. Yeah. So I think I think he'll kind of burst onto the Heisman scene this week when they kill Nebraska in Nebraska. I think that'll be a big big deal for for Ohio yeah. State. It might get into the playoff picture. So yeah, um, yeah. So I guess the yeah the Heisman Heisman race is just where it was at. It's um yeah. We got to get some big matchups going to start separating a little bit of the chaff, but yeah, um, yeah, not too much to talk about with this weekend coming up. I think it's just yeah, uh, it sucks. It's yeah, terrible slates of football. 
Yeah, I was actually, uh, yeah, I had our Oregon cow written down there just as like, because I just hadn't looked at the date. I just knew it was the next match on yeah. Oregon's <laughs> yeah. list. And now I'm just like, well, this this is fucked. Because um, that, that one was going to be one that was just going to be interesting as a, as a bit of a marker as, as far as ranked teams go. But yeah, there's nothing much really going on. Um, NFL is probably the biggest biggest football watches of the weekend. So yeah. yeah. I mean, Notre Dame-Virginia should be a good game. I still think, I think Notre Dame is going to hammer them as like a little anger from last week but yeah. things have gone weird in that and you know you have usc washington which will pack 12 action but i don't think either of those teams are gonna win their respected division maybe usc wins the south yeah i don't know a usc on like their fourth or fifth quarterback now like what is going on down there i don't know that is- <laughs> <laughs> i honestly have no idea uh, so it's yeah. just I mean, that game last week against Utah was crazy, though. So I, it seems like they have the skill positions that it doesn't really matter their quarterback right now. I mean, that's yeah. a huge win for them in Utah. That puts them in kind of pole position for the South. So, yeah. I mean, I picked Washington this week, but I could easily see Washington losing to USC at home. Yeah. And just touching on USC for a bit, because it seems like the USC, like the boosters, probably don't want them. Um, Helton in there anymore, so it's it's kind of odd that they if they if they keep winning, it's going to make the. I feel like he was getting pretty close to being possibly um, Lane Kiffin out of there. So, um, <laughs> well, I think I mean they play Notre Dame in a couple weeks yeah. at Notre Dame night game. They're going to lose that. I think the boosters will use that as enough of like you can't beat Notre Dame. That's enough for us to fire you. Yeah. I think be a big, big thing for them, even though they're having a low key, pretty solid season. I mean, considering the weird quarterback, you know, quarterback injuries and all that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, they play Oregon coming up. I mean, they have Cal, like we've talked about, so it's not an easy schedule. So it still could be pretty, pretty rough stretch for them. I mean, they go to Colorado. I mean, those are a lot of a lot of games that you could lose. I mean, Colorado's trash, but I could see USC losing there on a Friday night. Yeah, well, they've, they've so. won some ones you didn't think they'd win and then lost some. Like, yeah, this year's just been really super, super weird USC year because um, they're, yeah. they're good football looks actually okay, and then they just when they go bad, it's just yeah. really not really not good. Um, and they easily could have won that BYU game. Yeah. I mean, lost on tip drill, but... We'll see. Anyway, that's about that. About does it for the football chat. You know, it's, it's just it's kind of in that weird time where we, we kind of the season started and we're now in that little bit of a rut where there's just not too many good games. But there'll be some coming up. You know. It's yeah, not, it's just gonna be a couple weeks from now. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at least we, we you just know, want to like yeah. ease into it, but it's just not happening. Yeah, they've got some good NFL matchups this weekend, don't you? Yeah, start separating a few teams and, and, and finding out where we're at with a few and um, and keep keeping on some of these young ones are young ones are coming through and um, you know, see what Gardner Minchu's new jorts look like next week. So uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we got another pod to record in a sec. Um you know, throw some throw some soccer. So uh, Stay tuned. Yeah. But this is the end of this one. So, you know, like always, every week. Stay sportsgasmic. Poland Springs. (laughs) 